Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This episode of Dumpty Dub is sponsored by Lama Drama, a fully cooperative Lama-based amateur dramatics organization. Lama Drama, for all your Lama needs. This is Dumpy Dum, the show about the reality doggy drama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the professional shepherd's whistle, that is Roy Field Brown, and with me are the ear-splitting racket, that is our Lucy Freeman. Oh, you're supposed to say that, aren't you? You think I know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me, let me just pull that one back. And with me, I have the ear-splitting racket, that is... Lucy Freeman. <laughs> and the last part of Ben's new hobby, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpy Dum comes from me old mug and me old pal, me old brother from another mother. It's ballroom. It's a blast from the past, that one, Lucy. He did that one years ago, like mm. three years ago. But I went into our vaults, rather dusty in our vaults, I tell you. Lots of cobwebs, and I dug it out. Uh, now, Lucy, um, so I don't have to, like, Get all me like hands and knees dirty, scrabbling around in our bolts for an old dum de dum. If any of our listeners would like to send us in a fresh dum de dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a dum de dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek for running the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is being the life model uh, for Shula's art class. Um, he does present a particular challenge for the life drawing students as they are struggling to work out the perspective, whether or not it's small or just really, really far away. <laughs> On this week's episode, we hear views from Nigel. Oh, this is what a stunning call from old Nigel. Uh, Jennifer Witherspoon, Fiona, Andrew, Mia and Paul, folks. I tell you what, it's going to be a corking show, this one, Lucy. Because you know what? What? I had 
the best of all cusses, which I'm going to tell you about later after <laughs> you know exactly what I'm going to say. Cause I, had, I had to WhatsApp you and she's a friend. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but before we come to my monumental disc that was delivered to me, let's have a little bit of this. We began the week with Brian suffering from the after effects of wind. <laughs> I'm mending your fence, Kirsty. So, <laughs> I'm mending. Sorry, the reason I stopped is because the dog just hurtled past the window and I didn't know what the hell he was chasing. Um, I'm mending your fence, Kirsty, said Brian. You bastard, said Kirsty. Things got worse when Jennifer gave Kirsty's clematis a going over and accidentally pruned her internet cable. It's the right time of year to prove internet cables if you want to get new Wi-Fi shoots in spring. I'm not really sure why Kirsty and Roy, who are rapidly turning into the Terry and June of Ambridge, were quite so devastated about the loss of their landline, as the only people that ring landlines are people from a call centre who tell you all that the who tell you that the internet is leaking out through your printer, and if you give them six thousand pounds, they can stop it. You can always get internet through your mobile anyway. However, thinking about it, the mobile signal must be totally shocking in Ambridge as people constantly call in on each other to give messages and then forget their mobiles when anyone is about to give birth, drink drive, climb a stepladder. So maybe they're all tethered to their landlines like in the 80s. Who knows? Predictably, really? Kirsty behaved as if Jenny Darling had gone for her with the secateurs. Roy was anxious. <laughs> I'm all for a quiet life with no extra complications, said the man who's been dumped by the woman who's carrying the child of his neighbour's son. Kirsty then cheered up no end when she found out that Brian's court date was scheduled. She'll be there with her knitting, chuntering her wooden teeth and muttering, Liberté, égalité, fraternité, and throwing baguettes at him. Poor old Philip yeah. is shagged out and feeling his age. Crusty <laughs> reassured him. You're in very good nick, Philip, for a man in his late 60s. Unfortunately, you're in your mid-40s and got him another Dubonnet <laughs> with a snatagen chaser. <laughs> Lexi went to the shop and bought some apples, onions and decaf coffee that came to £9.60. How do they make a profit in that place? Hmm. Anyway, Susan whipped her handy portable ultrasound scanner out from behind her tabard and correctly identified that Lexi had a bonitza in the oven. Adam was so surprised, <laughs> he spoke quickly and cheerfully. And meanwhile, the listening audience started counting on their fingers to figure out if it was a roilet or not. Bert nabbed Neil in the ploughman's, but that made his eyes water. Elizabeth answered the door of Lower Loxley wearing her leggings and a jester's hat, lost the teapot, smashed a mug and talked incoherently. Shula came to the conclusion that Elizabeth was tired and what a highly depressed and anxious person in extremely difficult circumstances really needs is a lot of sleeping pills. Oh, fabulous. Thank God Shula stuck to life classes rather than helping out at the Samaritans. Emma and Ed went to see the bank about the mortgage, but once again, they just skipped over the bit about the deposit. They do know that a deposit is a real thing, don't they? That the word deposit doesn't just mean I want a housey. Considering the fact that normally you cannot <laughs> fart if you're a member of the Home Farm Consortium without having a long drawn out family meeting, coffee, a row, Sunday dinner, a PowerPoint demonstration, a piece of fruitcake, it seemed a trifle odd that Adam seemed to just arbitrarily decide not to do raspberries this year or any fruit at all. Not even a kiwi. Mm. This also means no fruit pickers. <laughs> this is probably a good thing as Alki wanted to introduce her race of Dalek fruit pickers and Adam would have struggled to seduce one of those in the punny tunnel. Although he might have quite liked those sticky out bits on the front. There was something of a scene when Alki invited them all round to her house to discuss her appearance on Radio Borchester. 
with a Wayne Foley, and Chris made the tea naked beneath his blacksmith apron. Adam broke the news while Alice practically screamed, Daddy, make the nasty man give me an ice cream, and pointed out that she'd already gobbed off about it on the radio and told her bosses without once stopping to think that maybe she should have asked Adam, or indeed anyone. Chris Carter, who now comes from Somerset, which is nice, stood up for Alki and said, you can't talk about my wife like that. Yes, I know she's a spoiled, hysterical, self-indulgent alcoholic, but she's my spoiled, hysterical, self-indulgent alcoholic. He then told Alice she was his hero as she hiccuped and dribbled Prosecco down her urban outfitter's top. Winner of the week was Ben and his whistle, both of whom should win a BAFTA. Anyone brandishing anything that manages to simultaneously piss off Pip, Toby, Jill and David wins my vote. If he managed to hit Ruth over the head with it, I'd have been even more pleased, but even so, good going Ben. But this week was dominated by a stubborn, overprivileged old man refusing to admit that he might have done something wrong, take any responsibility for it or indeed admit fault. Not just Prince Philip, but Brian is going to plead not guilty. He's going to claim the sun was in his eyes when he told those builders they could dump toxic waste on his field. He's 97 years old, and anyway, he's very nearly king of the bloody world, so bugger the lot of you. The end. I can't say anything. Sally D says it's painful. How, how do you, how do you what? put up with me, Lucy? I'm oh. saying that was, <laughs> that was so much better than last week. I don't. My wings have been so clipped in the last week. I've been slagged off right royally uh, for me only one <laughs> half appearance of anything humorous that I ever say, which is that was so much better than last week. Right. I can't say that because Sally D on Twitter said, Lucy, how do you put up with him saying that every week? Right. And then secondly, Lucy, a friend, somebody who I class as a friend, earnestly said to me, right, she says, I am the Andrew Ridgely to your George Michael. Right. And I went, I beg your pardon. Right. And I said, that means I'm stoned off my box, crashed into a phone (laughs) box in Hampstead. (laughs) Which is actually quite accurate. No, it's not accurate at all. Well, yeah, and, and looking for tricks in a toilet, but you know, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I laughed so hard I nearly crashed the car, and I went, "That <laughs> yeah, was so spot on!" Right, so thank you for that, Jane Curzon. Right. It's not spot on. It was, it was funny. It was funny. It was. I'm going to say a little bit mean, but so spot on and accurate. So I just, it was all those three things, was, and I've been living with that since last friday so much so that as soon as i parked the car i had to, to text you and tell you that uh we are wham <laughs> and, uh, and i am the lesser part <laughs> <laughs> anyway loose the last week in Ambridge, um yes. ben and his whistle you did mention it in your in your monologue and um uh, <laughs> what what more can, can can be said about it other than like him and beth Bess are a thing, aren't they? And uh, they are. I love. I love it. I love. I'm really fond of Ben already. Which one out of Ben and Bess is Andrew Ridgely? Do you reckon? <laughs> <The one>. <laughs> <laughs> Bess. Um, I loved it when when uh, Pip said to him, "Shouldn't you be at college?" And he said, "I've been to college, and now I've come back with my whistle." <laughs> it's just so. Child, as a as a as a parent of a teenage boy, I know exactly mm. what that kind of 
yes, I know it's annoying, but I've got a semi good reason to keep doing it. So I'm not going to stop it. However annoying it is. It's, oh, he's just very funny. Yes. You, no, you know what? I'm feeling a lot of Ben love also at the moment. Yeah. Now, Toby, um, last week you said there's something going on here. You know, uh, it, it, he's, he is busy, isn't he? So much so that his brother had to rip a strip off him. You know, look after your daughter, mate. Yeah, yeah. And he's kind of not not being very specific about what it is. He just mutters something about botanicals and then rolls off. Um, mm. uh, yeah, he's 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 having it away somewhere, isn't he? Um, and there's kind of a – I hate it when when he talks about, you know, babysitting or whatever. You think it's your child. It's not babysitting if it was your sperm. That's it. It's, you know, it's half of you. It's not babysitting. I know, I know, I know he, he said, well, I did, don't have to be here. You know, she did say, she said she wanted to do this all by herself sort of thing. But if you're in it, then you're in it. You know, you've, he's getting all the benefits of being the, you know, the baby's father. And he does clearly uh, love her as much as he can love anybody once he gets himself out of the way. But, um, you know, it's kind of, Oh, it's just no. you, you, there's a listen, kind of a thing that you know he's and he's kind of like a bit astonished you know oh it's quite boring changing nappies and you know and 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 getting up in the night and and comforting her when she's teething and you think well who told you it wasn't you, you know if you want to if you want to just be there for the zoo at the weekend then get a divorce you know move leave completely but mm. you can't have it both ways no absolutely I always I always wonder um. Or remember when I was in New Pops, just how unradioactive your own baby's poop becomes instantly. Yeah, like, you don't. Yeah, it, you just just don't worry about it, do you? Like another any, kid's like, poo. Ugh, that's revolting. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> your own. Yeah, you know, yeah. it can go in slop yeah. all over the place. You're like, oh yeah, let's wipe that up. No, it's all a problem. Blah 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 blah. But anyway, uh, moving. My friend said on. he was once. Mm. My friend, who is who is one of the world's most fastidious men in terms of hygiene, said he um, had a baby and then he went back to work after his paternity leave. And he said he was sitting in a meeting and realised he was idly picking dried baby poo out from under his fingernails <laughs> <laughs> in the meeting, and suddenly thought, "Oh my god, how my standards have slipped." <laughs> You know what? It's funny you should say that. Something very similar ha- happened to me. I uh, did Noah's nappy one lunchtime. Um, I brought him to work. If I'm being honest, number one, his mum had to do something. Number two, I kind of wanted to show off. You know, new dad, new baby and all that. Yeah. About six months yeah, old yeah, yeah. and all of that. Um, oh. He was in the office being being handed around and all of a sudden there's a bit of a stink and somebody said, hmm, I believe you need to go back to your father. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, okay, right. Uh, took him off to the toilet, bish bosh bang, brought him back, typing on my keyboard. Holy cow. You know, I had the same thing. <laughs> oh dear. I hadn't quite cleaned Ew. up. Ugh. That's a bit of a running theme in this show. If he's not Andrew Ridgely. <laughs> Can we not use uh, the word running, but yes. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Boom, boom. Now, uh, quinoa. Quinoa is probably good. Uh, put, probably puts fibre in you or something or another, so you don't have the squits. I don't know. Uh, quinoa, Adam and Brian. Discuss. Yeah. Or, or is this just a case, Lucy, of too much agricultural stuff on our arches well no 
I mean, it's fine. And also, I mean, I'd sort of thought quinoa is one of those things that you think, did it fly here? How the hell does it grow? Is it, you know, is it, does it hatch out of an egg? I have no idea. And I don't care because it's horrible. Um, I think it is. But um, I think it's one of those things, isn't it, that people like because it's quite protein heavy, even though it's a grain sort of thing. I don't mm. know. Um, but again, it's kind of, you know, he made this decision about the, I know, I know um, Adam is in charge, but when Brian was in charge, he would still have to ask the opinion of the others. Adam just seems to be some sort of, you know, despot. He can just do what he wants. If he decides he wants to open it as a bloody wildlife park, then we'll go, oh, oh, Adam's in charge. You know, there doesn't seem to be any, this is a huge investment he's talking about. So, you know, in the amount mm. of time it took him to persuade Brian to let him do the herbal lays. And now he's just like, right, and now we're going to do this, and now we're going to do that, and we're not doing the fruit. And the fruit was a huge part of their income. You know, you, you're spot it's on. just peculiar. You're spot on. And I hadn't thought about it other than in two ways. What quinoa can actually grow in the UK? I just presumed you needed some, you know, tropical clime. You know, it's not exactly native to these shores, but I suppose it could be in a polytunnel. I don't bloody know. All of all I know is it just sounded peculiar to me, but I'm not a farmer. Mm. But then I suppose what one of the things you're supposed to take away from this was that um, how Brian is very deferential now. That he went, yep, okay, well, it's a bit of a gamble. Yeah. But like, un I understand the reason why you think we should maybe go go do this. And you've seen mm. the evolution of their relationship, haven't you, in the last couple of years, from it being, you know, loggerheads, you know, him uh, him being Adam always sighing and, you know, butting his head up against Brian, then Brian being demoted from his position as, um, you know, El Capitan down at uh, at the farm. So that now, uh, and but and he's come to peace with that. There was no him going back to Jenny and moaning about Adam's flight of fancy or anything like that. Mm. It's a case of, yeah, well, no. I understand, you know, the, you know, the figures, you know, blah, 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 you know. And yeah. <clears throat> that gets backed up later with the whole kind of Alice debacle that he says, well, this is you know, Adam's call. So, but you are, you're yeah. all right. You know, he does seem to be just uh, doing, doing whatever now yeah. and not calling these family meetings anymore. Whereas, you know, um, Brian, you know, back in the day, you know, he'd have been moaning and saying, you know, you, Brian, you just can't do this with a, a yeah, world-weary side. Exactly. Mm. I felt quite sorry for Alice when she, when she started to say, you know, I'm not, I'm not good at anything. I can't do anything. And at the most, somebody said that we need some, there needs to be some sort of um, a coachload of psychoanalysts and therapists and counsellors need to just descend on Ambridge and just live with them for about a month <laughs> because at, Elizabeth is clearly in the throes of some very difficult issues. Mm -hmm. um, Alice, her self-esteem and her uh, everything else is just through the floor and she's got an incipient alcohol um, problem. Uh, Lexi, Ian and Adam, I mean, that they're sort of in the euphoric stage now, but that's not going to last. Um, and with Brexit and everything, there's a whole massive instability all about that whole thing. And they don't mm. seem to have done any sort of, I mean, when you do this kind of fertility treatment and stuff, I think you have to have um, some sort of counselling as you're going along. And they don't seem to have any at all. They just seem to sort of 
you know, it's just a matter of looking at the calendar and thinking, oh, we'll find out soon. And, you know, off they go. There's no kind of, <clears throat> there doesn't seem to be any forethought gone into this at all. It's, I don't know. It's just, there's the, and, you know, Jenny seems to be a woman on the edge of a nervous breakdown. Kirsty's clearly depressed. Phil, Philip is, you know, <laughs> behaving like a geriatric. And, uh, you know, it's everyone's very miserable. I know, I know it's, He's training for a half I know it's Blue Monday marathon. and everything, but flaming. No, I know, but he just sounds so weary and so fed up and mm. so kind of, you know, low. I mean, I know January's tough, but blimey, O'Reilly. <laughs> you, you've hit me with a whole load of things to try and respond to. What I think is fascinating about Alice is that in a typical classic kind of docudrama, soapy tropey way, we actually don't know. It, or at least it isn't that obvious what's up with Alice. Yes, she's drinking, but what's burned that? Yeah, and, what's behind it, yeah. Yeah. We, and generally with uh, soapy tropey docs, there's always a reason for everything. You, you know, so mm. it could be that, you know, in real life, you're just born with that kind of disposition. But that's not going to be it. There's going to be something. And we don't know what it is because as far as from the outside, she she comes from um, the premier family in Ambridge. Yes, reduced circumstances a little at the moment. But, you know, the Audrey's kind of have it all. She has a good job. She has a husband who's obviously devoted to her. Uh, but there is something. You know, there there is something and we don't quite know what it is. We know that she doesn't want to be a mother anytime soon and Chris does, but that's not it. You know, that you know, there is something deeper than that. And and I find Alice fascinating because we don't hear that much of her, but when we do, there's always something. And it's mm. never quite enough for it to be a nuclear explosion and so that everybody kind of knows and says, what the hell's gone on there? For us as the listeners, we know, and we know that the people close to her kind of are a little bit kind of uneasy, where it's the party um, last week, uh, Chris and her drinking, because he has kind of commented on it before, but it's never quite enough for her to be uh, nailed as somewhat kind of out of control. So So I think that is absolutely juicy, and I really want more of Alice. I wonder whether there's an element for her about she was the youngest and then Rory came along. So whether she, you know, because the youngest has quite a an indulged role in the family mm-hmm. um, and whether or not that kind of has af- affected her in, in the sort of, um, uh, in the family status thing and it's sort of, knocked her self-esteem or knocked her she's not quite sure what her role is in the family anymore or because the amount of sort of I know we laugh and call it you know the astrophysicist wedding planner and everything but the kind of the the enthusiasm with which she takes up a new role every you know she's the newest thing is always the exciting thing Mm. um and it's kind of like this need for approval all the time in the same way that, that that um Kate is the same but Kate's Kate's not looking for approval from any from Yes, from from not from Brian and Jenny. She's kind of yeah. She's looking for approval from definitely from her dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Kate's looking for wants uh, approval from Mother Gaia or something, doesn't she? That you know. But anyway, um, you know what? Philip couldn't care less about that gentleman. So if he's tired, just be tired, right? Um, And I've no, I know this is a continuation from last week, but. The whole him and Kirsty 
I don't buy it. In terms of her being quite the dynamic, at least she can be, quite a dynamic, feisty, in-your-face character. And then remember, because when he came into it, you know, he's like, um, he's on the shoot, wasn't he? And you said to yourself, you know, Hey, or was he? Was he on the hunt? It was one. No, it was hunting. It was hunting. hunting. It was hunting. He was, but it was something. He was which... hunting because he helped Shula out with the when the roof fell in at the yeah uh, it, on the hands. But for me, he's so obviously a better partner for Shula. You know, he's the same. Yeah, more her age, the same kind of pursuits. There's this kind of mismatch with Kirsty, and I just think Kirsty. For me, she's slightly forever young, and he definitely isn't. So I don't want them to be together, Luce. Uh, <laughs> you are misery. I I am really, really not sure mm. about this whole um, the, the fact that he is a hunter, and she is so committed to her her sort of ethical um, anti animal cruelty and pro the environment. They'll um, never be together. I agree. Beliefs that uh, that it, that's a huge thing. That's a, that's a massive. Th- I mean, even Jill has a problem with Shula about hunting. She doesn't like the hunt at all, and mm. and that's her own daughter. So I'm not sure that they're that Kirsty was so sort of starry eyed about Philip. She'd have been able to overlook that. Yeah. Uh, listen, I agree. And that's when he first came into it and they got together. I said I said exactly that. But as always, he put it much more forcefully and cogently than, than I ever did. But I could not agree more. I just call bullshit on it, really. So anyway, <laughs> uh, moving swiftly on. Um, now, uh, Ed and Emma, mm. they had some good news, didn't they? Not before time. They did, but I'm still worrying about this flipping deposit. Hmm. Do they have they have they actually got it now? You know what? I I don't know. And there's me just thinking, you've got a mortgage. Well, have we all, all just sorted. got carried away and happy? No, yeah, yeah, we have, we have. Because mm. they have been putting money aside. That was the whole thing about them not being able to to do anything some time ago. And there was will then treat yeah. his kids to all sorts, you know. Um, yeah. So they have got some money. You know what will happen, even if they're a bit short, Neil and Susan will help them out, won't they? Yes, yeah. That's right. So I'm not yeah. going to worry. You're not going to make me sweat okay. and panic, Lucy. All right, so I'm, I will I'm stop moving, worrying I'm moving about swiftly that. on. Um, okay, okay. Now, Lexi's proper up the duff. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so she'll either uh. stay in... Ambridge and have Jennifer fussing over her and driving her mad and everybody gossiping, or she will go back to uh, Bulgaria and be with my girls and be pregnant and then come back smack bang in the middle of whatever Brexit chaos we're in by then. Mm. Do you think Adam's going to have a wobble? Go after Charlie Thomas? No, I think. Charlie's in the rear view window of life, isn't he? Charlie, Charlie's, Charlie's gone. Okay. There's, no, there's no going back to our Charlie. And I think... But it's I, definitely Adam's baby, is it? It's not Roy's. Well, an email inner has got uh, your answer for that, Lucy. Oh, do you want me to do it? Shall I, do you want me to yeah. do it now? Go on then. The email. Um, this is from Jennifer Corley, who is Ambridge Pony Club. 
on the Twitters. Um, she says, first of all, point of fact, the only way Lexi could be pregnant with Roy's baby or random Bulgarian baby or any baby apart from Adam plus egg donor's baby is if once she came back, she had never gone back to the clinic and only pretended to go through the transfer. As they are both control freaks and she does not have a car, I think it's unlikely she could have pulled that off. If she's gone through the fun and games that is a frozen embryo cycle, there is no possibility at all that she was previously pregnant. If anyone wants the gruesome details of why that is true, having been through it seven plus times, oh, love, I'm happy to give the details, but enough to say it's impossible. NB, seven times, two kids. While I'm thrilled for them, be careful what you wish for, Lance, the Sprog is going to crucify that pair. No kidding. I'm really feeling for anyone else out there in this boat going through IVF or surrogacy as this, as the true story is much more painful. They made it somewhat hard for them, but not hard enough. Third time's a charm is absolutely fairy tale bollocks. Six is the average. Now a plot prediction. There is absolutely no way that the two selfish articles, one of whom doesn't really want a baby and one of whom is in love with the idea but not the reality of a baby, are going to be able to care for it. They both work weekends and nights. Neither is good at compromise. Lexi, being a decent human, will spot this and not want her beautiful creation to be subjected to the meltdown of Adam and Ian's marriage. I don't think she will keep the baby. She's too decent, but I do think she will end up as their undervalued, long-suffering nanny. Those poor girls will have to move to Ambridge or they will never see their mother again. Uh, she says, Happy New Year to all of us. And she says, it is, Dumpty Dum is a wonderful alternate reality to the mess the world is in today. Yes. Um, so there we go. Mm. So it's not Roy's. It is Adam's. Um, and yes, gosh, six times. Imagine that. Six times is the average. <sighs> God, yeah. Um, all I can do is to say thank you for uh, an amazing email and great insight. Yeah. When the when this whole storyline started, when it was conceived, um, I did say back then, of all the characters on the Archers, forget their sexuality, but all the characters on the Archers who want to become parents these are the most unlikely pair because they have the most unsociable hours. Mm. And actually, when you sit down mm -hmm. and think yeah. about it, when and how do they ever spend any time together? Yeah. Know, a, a farmer's got to be up at the crack of dawn. A chef is working till all hours. And they don't even really have weekends together because that's a chef's busiest no. time. You know, So yeah. the compromises yeah. that they'll have to make for this child are immense. And... I and, well, and as, they haven't as Jennifer about says, neither, neither of them are, are very good. Neither of them are very good at compromising. Or, I mean, Ian is more sort of pragmatic than than Adam. But Adam just puts work in front of everything. You couldn't be more correct. But what is slightly unbelievable about all of this, and I, and I've just rubbish this whole storyline from 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 day from day one. I think it's utter nonsense. Not that two men want to have a child, and. You know, you know what we should actually do here because we're we're, we're in the middle of this. Um, why don't we have a little bit of New York Nigel because he talks about gay fathers in terms of people's perceptions of them actually as parents. So let's do that, mm. and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this some more. Hello, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's New York Nigel Hello. here. I thought Shula was rather hopeless about advice to Elizabeth on sleeping. It was kind to take her to the GP, but she could have said so much more. Maybe she should have to go round at bedtime and tell Elizabeth stories about the sainted Dan and Dorothy. 
pills are always going to be <laughs> Shula's go-to solution, and she strikes me as the sort of person who blindly trusts professionals. Well, unless the vicar marries yeah. a Hindu, she could have been very much more helpful if she was able to think for a bit out of her little conventional box. Now, I wanted to say something yes. about Adam and Ian. No matter who Emma thinks the father is, there'll always be prejudice against gay men around children. It's true that there's some prejudice in the gay community against having children. Why would you be a breeder? That sort of thing. I don't feel that myself. I love children mostly, although if I had my own, I'd probably feel very differently. The American Academy of Pediatrics says that two thirds of gay dads face stigma for parenting a child. They're harassed, mm. maligned because they're raising children. They're sometimes taken as predators. And there's always that inferred question, what are you doing with a child? Half gay fathers yeah. avoid certain social situations for fear of the response they'll get, even with their own children when they're perceived as gay. Out of nearly a thousand gay dads that they surveyed, a vast majority reported prejudice from their neighbours, from their work colleagues, family members, etc. And I have to say that I felt it myself, playing with my niece or nephew or really good friend's children in the playground. Do they know I'm gay? Or I wonder if these people think I'm a creep. Gay men especially mm. sometimes think they shouldn't really be seen around children. And in the meantime, multiple studies have shown that there's no difference between children raised by straight couples or gay couples by the gender. But they haven't done a study on the Aldridges or the Archers yet. So watch the space. <laughs> Happy New Year, everyone. And until next time. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, well, uh, thank you for that, New York Nigel. Um, that he never ceases to amaze me in terms of uh, the wit, wisdom, insight that he delivers when um, he, he calls in. You know, it's, it's always one of the three. You're going to get it in 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 large amounts, and and he brought up loads of things there which I just never really thought of. I've always thought that when, mm. for me, the issue around gay men want to become fathers is well whose sperm is it going to be that's that's as far as it's gone with me and stuff but um ah. you know being forced to, to you know to think about um some of the issues she brought up there you know you do realize that we have um, a long way to go as a society i think is it it's very interesting that my i have a friend who is a gay dad mm -hmm. and um he lives in um LA and he his uh, daughter goes to a uh, community nursery thing which is run like a co-op it's run by the parents and he said it took a long time before the other mothers he said the fathers were fine it was the other mothers that wouldn't involve him in the same way they mm. were always slightly more reserved with him and he said they had to they, they did some fundraising PTA thing and um and they all got absolutely plastered. And then all the barriers came down and then it was fine after that. But he said it took a long time. But I've also heard straight dads say that in the playground, there's a lot of, they're regarded with suspicion by the mothers. Mm. Um, you know, what are you doing here? Are you off work? Are you, you know, why aren't you working sort of thing? Are you ill? What, not just, you know, presuming, oh, you're just doing the school run this morning. Uh, and they don't involve then they don't feel as involved in the same way, and there is a slight sort of thing there. So, for a but we had at the primary school that my children were at, we had lots of gay mums, and that was fine. They were always included in everything 
in the same way. It's it's very odd. There's there's a gender thing, and then there is a sexuality thing on top of it. I think, and yeah, I think Adam and Ian really, really haven't thought this through. You know, you completely reminded me of that about that issue of fathers with um, small kids and going to school because. There have been studies, or it's an article, and I've seen this once or twice, but more than once before, sorry, where um, fathers who are the stay-at-home parent and they're in a heterosexual relationship say exactly that, what, what you've just said, that actually yeah. they don't get invited to the to the coffee mornings yeah. with the other mums and, yeah. and, and they feel ostracised. And I'd completely forgotten about that. So, yes, New York, Nigel, obviously... Uh, there is there's two layers it's just the fact that you're you're a man and you are um, taking a child into an environment where generally it's the mother which is kind of doing it and then Mm. you're breaking that kind of social norm and people just feel slightly wary and then there is the whole kind of sexuality issue that you have this inverted commas different uh relationship uh for people then to uh, navigate around and they don't quite know how to kind of pigeonhole you but the other thing which um really come out for me with all of this is the fact that adam being the controlling person that he is not controlling is wrong the control freak right he needs to be in control um you've seen that with the way that he runs the farm and so he should you know in terms of you know the farm and stuff but he's very much a details person that he and Ian have not had a conversation about how exactly uh, the logistics of parenting is actually going to work, which beggars belief, yeah. which is another reason why yeah. I don't believe them as a couple. You don't get the mm. casual conversation over a cup of tea um, about anything. It's always, you know. Well, it's like you said. It's not even. It, it's not even just that, that, that they're not believable as a couple. They haven't been in the same room together. For <laughs> they're barely in the same room together to have that kind of mm. casual conversation. Because all we ever hear from them is one or other of them leaving to go somewhere else. No, listen. Absolutely. There's been the. They had the the odd dinner didn't they curry with Lexi? And that's the whole reason why the, mm. the kind of the, the surrogacy thing and, came And they are bobbing around in the hot tub. Yeah. But, you know, I just there is no personal dynamic has been no. demonstrated between them for us to hang our coats on in terms of us, the listeners. Go, oh, yeah. Like there is with Neil and Susan. Even with David and Ruth, yeah. there's enough. And Brian and Jennifer, you know, even Kenton and Jolene. You know, there's zero chemistry, mm. there's zero interaction, yeah. and I just call nonsense on the whole thing. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, mm. I've always been an Ian fan, and and he, I was actually an Adam fan when he first came back because he was he was a breath of fresh air when he came back in the mid noughts um, and he did upset the apple cart and his him coming out and Brian and Jennifer's reaction. Jennifer was like, well, okay then, darling, if that's what you are, that's what you are type of thing. It was great, but he's a crushing bore. I'm sorry. And mm. um, I just don't... <laughs> he's just so pompous. Oh, just... It, it, I, I, I just I just don't know. I, the next time I see Kerry, I w- I'm going to have to ask him, what is up with Adam Macy? Because there is something not ringing true in terms of 
him as a character, the depth of Bright. There's something odd, and I haven't quite put my finger mm. on it. But I just, but when it comes to him and Ian as a couple, nah, I, I, I'm out of it, Lucy. But anyway, oh, Lucy, you know what? We're forty odd minutes into this, and we have. I know we, we haven't had a call yet. I, well, we've had one. We've had oh, yeah, one. To we've be done fair. Nigel, but uh, but it's time for this. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Right, uh, let's do our poll first. Let's get through these calls too sweet. Hello, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. This is Paul Wiskin. Um, I'm not a first-time caller in error, but uh, mm-hmm. I would like to register who I possibly am. I've got no idea, <laughs> but I do remember the days when Dan Archery used to introduce the Omnibus. Anyway, about the number of people in Ambridge, has anybody counted the two or three hundred people who must be living at the Laurels? Well, that's it for me. Bye-bye. <laughs> yes. But the Laurels is not actually in Ambridge, is oh, it? I... Isn't it in Felpersham? Isn't it? It's not in Ambridge. The Laurels is no. not. It's, it's, it's not in the village. Come on now, Luce. It's not. I've never seen Isn't a it? map of Ambridge that got is. the Laurels in it. It's not in the village of Ambridge. Oh. Anyway, right, because we need to crack on with this. I love the way that we have, I love the way we have caller readers who go, I don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, <good>. yes. <laughs> the whole Ambridge Vintage thing, uh, there's a thread on the Academic Archers where they're uh, running with this now and they're all referring back to our chronology page and saying, well, I'm a this and oh, I'm a that. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're very smart over them, the Academic Archers. So <laughs> nice to hear from you, Paul, anyway, mm-hmm. even though you don't know who you are. <laughs> right, yeah. Mm. Uh, here's somebody who definitely does know who he is. It's our Andrew Horn. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. Um, I keep meaning to call in, but then forget on a Sunday. But I've remembered this week, so I'm going to throw a lot of things at you in very quick succession, a summary from recent weeks. I had wondered um, whether Rex and Lily might get together. When she first came back from university, there had been... Yes. Uh, uh, he'd been very understanding and I was hoping that uh, something might happen because then we could relive another generation down the uh, Lizzie and Fairbrother Father story. But it looks like, at least for the moment, that isn't on the agenda. Um, from Rex, we then moved to Lee. And actually, Rex and Lee seem to be fairly interchangeable in terms of uh, type of character. They're, they're so similar um, that uh, it's quite uncanny, really. Uh, Toby, uh, recently hiding. Uh, is he chasing more skirt? Um, I think no. I think he really yes, he is. is, as it was said this week, he's just finding the real world too much. Um, all I say is just wait until she's a toddler. That'll put you through your paces. And whilst we're on uh, the piplet, um, when is the christening? We still haven't had the fallout of, uh, of Grace being in the name and, uh, that we, we better not be cheated, scriptwriters. I'm looking forward to that. Um, finally, I'd just like to say that January, 40 years ago, I went off to my big school and therefore started listening to The Archers. So I am on my 40th anniversary. Anyway, that's all well, for now. I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye, mate. Um, yeah, Rex and Lee, uh, they're just two nice blokes, aren't they? Two as yeah. in the number two and, and two... I do quite like Rex though because he's not so much of a spineless. He's he's sort of brave enough to stand up to Toby and say, you know, no, actually, you are. He does stand up to. 
Yeah. Yes, that's true. But he's not really in, he doesn't have aggro with anyone else because he's so easygoing. Oh, apart from Josh. But Josh is impossible. Well, Josh walks all Nobody over him. Nobody could do with Josh because he's just, Josh is like, you know, the, the, the um, you know, on Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. that um, the really young one that was the, in the Red Wedding when he was all cut up and everything and killed. What's he called? The really evil one. Huh? You know. What? What? Do you watch Game of Thrones? Of course I do. You mean... Right. It, was he the king? I, maybe I don't mean the Red Wedding. You don't mean the Red Wedding yes. at all? I don't, I? No, 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 no. Well, um, whatever it is then. You're on about the, the, one the, that, the, the one evil that, king. The, the, he was the evil young king. Yeah, what's he called? I can't remember. I know yes. who you mean. Great actor. Great. Yeah. Well, that's how I think of Josh. <laughs> He's not that bad. Come on now, Liz. Come on now, Bowl Liz. haircut. Just sitting there, throwing his weight around and, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I don't know. Anyway, I, I, I think, I think, that, I think that's, a, that's a step too far for our Josh. But anyway, yes, <laughs> I agree with you uh, wanting to move things along, though. Uh, next caller is from the Lower East Upper West Side. Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, other hey. hosts, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. <laughs> Handsome husband who was having trouble sleeping just told me he was up early this morning listening to the omnibus and said he turned it off because it was too shouty this week. I think he was referring to (laughs) Brian, Kirsty, Adam, Alice, Toby, Pip. The list seemed to go on and on. But speaking of people with insomnia, we need to talk about Elizabeth, who I purposefully left out of my caller in last week. But something strange is going on. We know she appears to be quite depressed. Difficulty sleeping and a lack of energy to accomplish normal daily tasks are certainly two hallmarks of depression. Elizabeth also seemed to be quite irritable, which is another symptom of depression, less commonly so, and I would call it a bit atypical. She's also been quick to dishonestly blame others and has been deceptive at times. This week, she told Shula that the meeting for her alcohol license had been postponed. Was she being truthful or did she forget or just ignore the meeting? Even her report to Shula about her appointment with her doctor didn't feel sincere. As an aside, when a primary care doctor meets with a middle-aged person presenting with insomnia, a brief screening for depression would be in order. I wonder if that was done. In any case, this psychiatrist is suspicious that Elizabeth's presentation may not be as it seems to be. She could have a brain tumor, which would explain some of her unusual symptoms. A medical workup is what I would order. By the way, Handsome Husband and I are off to Disney World on Saturday for a week for some fun and relaxation. It's been on his bucket list. So I'll be a silent character for two shows. <laughs> Talk to you all soon. I wouldn't have put them down as Disney World people. No, me neither. Hmm. Have you met Alan, though? I have, yeah. Hmm. I, met I, I can Alan imagine Alan twice. at D- Disney World. Hmm. Hmm. I can imagine him at Disney World, but not with a spoon. Well, Angus Haggis would love it. I don't know if he's going <laughs> to. Right. Uh, yeah. We need some medical intervention with our Lizzie. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I agree, though. I, I, I mean, even by my incredibly narrow experience, you wouldn't just go if you present with, especially with her, they, they would have said, is there anything happening in your life at the moment that could be making you feel unable to sleep? 
And she'd have said, well, my son's in prison, my daughter's gone, blah, 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 blah. and then they'd have, they'd have said, right, okay, let's just, let's just have a little look at this questionnaire. And, and, and then you'd go through the depression questionnaire. Mm. They, they don't just, bung. I know she said, oh, they don't just bung um, uh, sleeping pills to you. Um, you. You know, you have to sort of, um, you only get a small dose. But even then, I don't think sleeping pills would be the first refuge. Mm. Yeah, well, you, you, first you, resort. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're probably right. You are probably right. Now, uh, I'm not going to uh, pontificate on that because I have no idea. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to press the button on Fiona from Manchester. Hi, it's Fiona from Manchester. Second time caller in, a.k.a. the ghost of Betty Tucker. So I'm calling in to contribute to the Right You Are discussion and with a plot prediction. So firstly, after the discussion between Lucy and Robart a couple of weeks back, where neither believe that Right You Are was a phrase used in real life, I wanted to set the record straight. Right You Are is very familiar to me, as my Norfolk grandparents would say this when discussing plans. My cousin from Norwich confirmed it's still in use today. Like in The Archers, it's basically Ah. a really long-winded way of saying OK. Incidentally, it was also used on an episode (laughs) of Ben and Holly's Magic Kingdom, which I saw the other day. So apparently it's common fairy parlance as well. So now to my plot prediction, which is about the identity of the guild. The script writers, having grown weary of writing many decades of farming docudrama, have decided to inject a bit of science fiction into Ambridge. The gills, named after their new adaptations for breathing underwater, are in fact <laughs> mutant humans who have emerged from the polluted waterways surrounding home farm. Kirsty may be one of them, led by Sir Patrick Stewart, who doubtless has a spare million or two. They decided to set up some kind of academy and purchase Jenny and Brian's house to be their base. They may also be hiring it out as a party venue on Airbnb. So those are my thoughts. Thanks again for your podcast, which I believe enriches the experience of listening to The Archers. And Happy New Year to you all. Bye. Oh, oh what a cool. Well done, Thank Fiona. you, Fiona. What a sweetheart. I like Fiona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Patrick Stewart mm-hmm. on, on The Archers would be the dream. He would, wouldn't he? Can you imagine? He would. He could be. out-pompous Adam. <laughs> at conversation between Adam and Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Adam already sounds like he's piloting something. So <laughs> it would be excellent. Oh, brilliant. Mm. I love that. I love the idea of people emerging out of the polluted waters. <laughs> yeah. Joffrey. Joffrey's was the king that you... Joffrey, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Right. Now, um, <laughs> you know what? We're doing all four corners of the UK here. You've mentioned um, Somerset. Someone's mentioned Norfolk. Well, that was Fiona, uh, even though she's from Manchester. And now we've got Mia, who's from Newcastle. Hi, Lucy, Royfield and all dumpty-dum peeps worldwide. This is Mia in Newcastle calling. I'd like to talk about Alice. Alice? Who the fuck is Alice? Well, because I don't <laughs> think even Alice knows who Alice is. Mm, um, no. The encounters we've had with her over the past year or so... She's been argumentative, entitled, arrogant, or just completely pissed. Or usually (laughs) she's just totally juiced up whilst being argumentative, entitled and arrogant. But the (laughs) after-meeting meltdown with new Chris the twat was very revealing. (laughs) Uh, I think she's clearly displaying um, extreme low self-confidence and a complete lack of faith in her own abilities, particularly at work. Yeah. She's, 
just trying to impress all the time. And her reliance on Brian and Home Farm to support her is massive. And I think she's Mm. probably petrified at being found out, especially now that Brian's losing his marbles too. Anyway, my advice, love, a large glass of Shiraz. Bye. <laughs> that's not, there you go. That's not Mia. good advice. Yes, she's not following me. I don't think that's a very good idea. Is... But anyway, <laughs> that's like advising Elizabeth to have a few more of the sleeping pills all in one go. Mm. Um, uh, I, th- I think Mia's just said exactly what we said at the top of the show, but much better. Yes. Yes. And Thank you, Mia. there's nothing like having a two minute time constraint you to be concise so well well done Mia yes uh, rather we just wibbled on for about 40 minutes uh, yeah. true that now the, the only thing I would say uh t- to add to that is when the way that she described Alice then did remind me of that typical phenomena of the middle middle class teenage girl going through school and is actually a very high achiever in terms of academic mm. uh, results, but but is under pressure to always keep delivering and feels like they're actually failing. Yeah. You know, it's it's that phenomenon. Yeah. Because, you know, Alice did do well at university. She has got a good job, um, but she feels like a failure. Maybe, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the whole root, the whole cause of her and her drinking and her erratic behavior is right in front of us. And that's, that's actually what it is. You know, it's, it's mm. this kind of very modern f- phenomena of uh, women yeah. and girls who actually do very, very well, but feel that they don't because they're always comparing themselves to the, to their direct peers and not looking slightly wider yeah. and stuff. But anyway, yeah. uh, on that note, now, Luce, have you got, oh, no, we've got, we've got some emailer in us, haven't we? Oh, we have, yeah. yeah. Um, Catherine Ellen, mm-hmm. who I think we've been sitting on this for a while, Catherine, so I apologise. Um, it has become one of my primary goals to get my team hooked on the Archers and Dumpty Dum, she says. After two years of podcasts at work, it's working. You put them through this for two years. Um, I listen to the Omnibus by myself on Mondays, Thursdays with Katrin and Faye, and Saturdays with Laura. Laura is the most hooked. I think the rest of the team got hooked during the Rob years. I think I got hooked while staying with my sister who lives on the edge of the moor in a small village in Suffolk. I remember my sister and her husband discussing that Tony was being set up for a heart attack. And lo and behold, a few days later, there it was. I remember Brenda leaving and Kirsty stepping in. I love the Christmas pantos. I love Jenny Darling and Linda Snell. I cannot stand Tom or Pat and go the fair brethren and Jazza. We bet she's uh, writing from Melbourne, Australia. She says, we make hats and headpieces here in my studio, sometimes with noisy sewing machines. But if we can schedule our hand sewing correctly, it's a lovely part of the afternoon listening to the archers and later in the week, dumpty dum. If I can get everyone together for a sing-along, I will, but no guarantees. Isn't that lovely, the idea of them all sitting there sewing and listening mm, to us? Absolutely. And I'm so sorry. Hello. Uh, one, one second there, Lucy. And I'm so sorry that it's taken me approximately a year to find your email and then to get our Lucy to read it out. But it was just so <laughs> lovely. God, uh, they've probably given up now and, and, and gone off and done something exactly, else. Not I, I, I know, and I, w- I wouldn't blame them, but it was just so lovely that I had to say to Lucy, Let, let's read that one out. So. Yes. So hello to Catherine, Catherine, Faye and Laura. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that the end of the email or interest? It is. Right then. Uh, let's come back um, the other side 
of a um, little advertisement break and we'll have a touch of our Millie Bell and it's a social media roundup. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. G'day, everyone. My goodness, what a great week on The Archers. Uh, we did start by discussing Susan and her discussion with Lexi, but that, of course, played out later in the week, so I won't go over that again. We also discuss the fact that Toby finds lying, that is, as in telling fibs, as well as lying on the sofa, effortless. And we had a lot to say about that. Witherspoon said, shall we anoint the Toby Rex Pip Triangle trip? Um, David Metzen <laughs> says, I think Toady is a far better name for him. Very good. Glenn Fullerlove said, we are moving steadily towards Pip Rex. It'll happen before Brexit and more certain than Brexit. And Andrea Melling said, Toby is what they call here in the States a P.O.S., Selfish, lazy, feckless, dishonest user. I dislike him more than Tom, Helen and Shula. In fact, I dislike him more than every other character in TA at the moment. Thanks for the opportunity to vent my eye wow. after today's episode. Ben, I'm really warming to, though. Nice to have a likeable Archer character. We're all starting to warm towards him, aren't we? Um, we then went on to take Toby in babysitting. Uh, Toby sponging food, Toby taking his landlord's son's personal effects... Rex being manipulated, and wondered whether the Bre- Bre- Fair Brethren brothers are on your Christmas card list. <laughs> Glyn Fullerlove said, Filching the crisps, unforgivable, but that whistle is bloody annoying. Janice Betson said, My Christmas <laughs> card list has been put away until November at the earliest. And Jane Sweeting said, I like Rex, though. I want him to get together with Pip. Then they could do the Uncle Father thing, like Emma will Ed. Mm, yeah, thanks for reminding us of that. Uh, Jane Sweeting also said that she likes Rex, but he's too good for the annoying Pip. And then there was a discussion about what was meant by the Emma Will Ed thing. So uh, thank you very much in particular to Witherspoon, who responded to that. And if you are a new listener and don't know so much about that little triangle, uh, please go to the thread because Witherspoon's explained it beautifully. We then talked about... I, I was 
back from uh, the the uh, UK and Athens, and sitting here in honestly, it was forty eight degrees one day, and we got up in the morning. Oh. Not having slept very well because it, it doesn't cool down at night, and we were listening to the Australian news, which was full of the May government shenanigans, and. It got me thinking about the script writers and how on earth are they supposed to plan their storylines when everything could change mm. so much in politics in Britain at the moment. And Peter Kwan said, great to switch on the news in the morning with blue sky and summer sun in Brisbane and watch an Australian reporter live outside Parliament in a big coat and massive scarf in the dark and rain waiting for the vote. So who <laughs> to you in particular, Peter? Um, you're up on the eastern seaboard. You're way, way uh, north of me. Uh, Janet White said they do it by ignoring it. Well, they do try where they can, I think. Thea Cochran said apparently they do it by cutting the internet off for the characters we are spending time with. Uh, and Fiona Crawford <laughs> reminded us they usually manage to avoid current affairs except for a brief comment. I'm sure that any changes will yeah. be dealt with in a similar manner. In real life, people aren't talking about Brexit all the time. We get on with our jobs' lives as usual. Now, it's interesting you should say that, Fiona, because I have just been back to the UK, well, Scotland, and I have to tell you, people were talking about it everywhere, not just people I knew, but I would hear it on the train, I would hear it in shops. So I think it is a bit in the front of people's minds at the moment. Well, in Scotland, can't speak for England because I wasn't there. Uh, we uh, also put up a post from Charlotte saying that she has uh, two tea bags. Thank you. And I have to say, my brother is, uh, I have two brothers who are firemen and they both have two tea bags in their tea. So I don't know if. And for <laughs> sugars, that's the thing. Or, uh, servicemen <laughs> and women also do that, but I know they definitely do. Claire Taylor asked us to reach out to Ruth Jones of Gavin and Stacey fame because listening to her Desert Island dish, she yes. requested the back catalogue of the archers to take to the island. And Royful said, thank you very much, Claire. I am on it. So we will wait for that with bated yes. breath. I'd love to hear her. I bet Royfield would love to interview her. We yes, also I would. talked about whether we were confident about the father of this child. And uh, Rob, Robin Winning said, yes. Sean Garrity hopes it's Pavel. Um, Barb Kellona <laughs> girl. I'm sure it's Adam's baby. Lexi is too responsible to sleep with someone while she's trying to get pregnant for Adam. And the IVF place would make sure she wasn't pregnant before they did the implantation. That bit of information I didn't know, but of course it makes sense now you do. However, there were then some very interesting stories about some uh, IVF surprises. So if you'd like to see that, uh, please do get onto our thread on Facebook. Now, the one that really annoyed me at the end of the week was Chris, who seemed over-involved in the farm decision. Um, I understand that he wants mm. to support Alice. We all want to support our partners. But if this was a discussion with any other business, he wouldn't be in the meeting, surely. Um, and Barb Kelowna girl again says maybe he was being particularly supportive because he knows he'll have to deal with drunk Alice again if she doesn't get away. Very good point, Barb. Catherine Shorrock said, I've not listened to the episode yet, but the amount of meetings the Ambridge Farm families makes have makes me laugh we have a family farm and i can tell you how many meetings we've ever had zero meanwhile in ambridge no one can fart without having a meeting about it first thank you for that first time experience oh, there the the uh pat ah. rife hanovan said yes he really should have left the room even if it was their house and another question am i a bad person because i was cheering alice on as she talked about how useless she was uh there was also a discussion about uh new Chris and his voice and whether he's been changed again but he hasn't uh, Jeff Carson said in my opinion 
Chris totally stepped out of line. He has no ground to stand on because he has no financial responsibility on the farm. Chris, know your role and be quiet. Yes, and I know he said, um, I'm also family, but he doesn't have a stake in the farm. So I just don't understand how he got to say that. I was really quite cross and I was surprised that Brian capitulated. And I'm trying to find someone in here said... Uh, oh, here we go. Pete Ranson said, Chris, Neanderthal mouth breather, you mean. What a numpty threatening <laughs> a middle-aged man with that old don't talk to my wife like that line. What a plonker. Mm. And uh, I think I would also say to you, why did she need saving? She may be female, but she can speak for herself. So if she has an issue, she can deal with it. I, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. And, you know, Alice is a very smart, young, bright professional. I'm surprised that she would allow Chris to jump in to her battles. You know, we know that we mm. like to, to sort these out for ourselves. Anyway... That's how we ended our week, and uh, that was our weekly roundup. Uh, next week, the, the wonderful Yoga Bear will be looking after you. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to contribute, please come and talk to myself, Yoga Bear, with a spoon, and all of our wonderful uh, caller inners and listener inners uh, uh, on Facebook. So until I speak to you again in a fortnight, hooroo. Mm. Hooroo. Hooroo. Um, Lucy tweets. Okay, the first one is from Dumpty Dum, which is splendid. This is Yokel Bear. <laughs> just because it just made me laugh so much. Uh, Susan hinting at something salacious about Ian, Adam and Lexi. Lord, can you imagine a threesome involving Adam? Menage a twat. <laughs> I like that. Um, Susan Harrison. Philip is pregnant. That's why he's so tired. <laughs> Not everyone in Ambridge is pregnant all the time. Moira Walton. Had Brian saying to Adam, should we get out of this rain? My cravat's wilting. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Underwood. Maybe, Alice, you should have checked first, you pissed up shite peddler. (laughs) (laughs) She should. She should. And, yes. And tweet of the week is from Jem Butters, who says, the Archer's quinoa recipes. My suggestions. A, add olive oil, sultanas, apple slices, and put in the compost bin. B, <laughs> add parmesan shavings, olives, pine nuts, crushed basil leaves, and put in the compost bin. C, put in the compost bin. <laughs> well done. Well yes, done. there's someone who lo- feels I, much the same about quinoa as well, I do. I've just had a text, uh, a WhatsApp. It's from Claire from Clapham. She's got a promotion mm. at work. She oh, yes. says, I'm frankly terrified Yay! to think of what they're willing to put oh. me in charge of. So, yes. She, mm, so she's running the whole UK's <laughs> housing of, stock. new development. <laughs> Flaming Nora. Best of British. Well done, yeah, well Claire. Done, Claire. Well done, Claire. Well done, I'm very Claire. pleased. I hope it's not too stressful. <laughs> uh, Lucy, um, I knew yes. this was going to be a good show. Uh, so it's time for did us. You? Yeah, I did. I had a feeling in my water. You know, sometimes you just, you, you know, you, you switch on your mic. You go, oh, I can feel it. I can feel it today. And uh, and I felt it. Normally when I feel that, it's shit. <laughs> stop so, it. But when I'm tired and underprepared, well, it comes uh, out all right. No, so, stop yeah. it. There's George Michael to my Andrew Ridgely in this podcast, right? You are always ridiculously <laughs> consistent, right? You're always funny. You're always super duper, you know, whereas me, you know, a bit part player. Um, folks, dumdydum.com, go there. It's got a shop. And boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, have you been buying stuff from the shop? So thank you for people that have been going Yay, on to well dumdydum.com, hitting on that shop, shop button. Uh, Luce, we've got a new mug design. 
it's flying yeah. off the shelves like hotcakes. You know we have, because I said I was going to send you one. Don't pretend like you don't. Oh, know. yes. I bet you haven't, though. I uh, haven't done it yet. Just like I haven't sent Kerry Warbis her microphone, no. which I'm going to do both things tomorrow. No. All right. So next week right. is uh, Kerry Warbis time. So <laughs> I'm going to have my feet up. People are like, thank God for that. Don't hold your breath, Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> www.com, folks, as well as the shop. It's got the forum and other things you can do to be part of our wonderful community. Uh, more people are signing up for the newsletter, which is awesome. Uh, so it's a way of us keeping in contact with you. So go on to www.com. But remember, folks, go there for the shop. It's got T-shirts, it's got mugs. Lucy, there's even a dog bandana, a doggy bandana. Hey, really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Actually, oh, wow. I'll send you one of those for Basil. I don't know why I didn't think of that before, actually. So all those dumdy dogs. Okay. Right. Um, why don't you um, have them kitted out with one of our doggy bandanas? We've got rucksacks. We've got all manner of kitten caboodle there on dumdydum.com. Um, it's rather spiffing. So go there. Show your support for this wonderful podcast by going to dumdydum.com. Ru- Lu- uh, Lucy. Roof. Lucy. Blah. Put my teeth in. Lucy. Mm-hmm. Um why don't you do the bit in red, then I'll do the bit in black, and then I'll say Facebook, and then I'll say <coughs> any of the business. You'll probably say yes, and then we'll wrap up. Okay. Uh, remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or you can call 0203 031 3105 to leave us a message. And don't forget, folks, you can go on to patreon.com uh, and donate $2 per show. That's two American dollars. Uh, and the exchange rate is now peaking in our favour. So that means that it's even less for you because I think the pound's at the 130 at the moment. So $2 per show uh, to show us your support uh, in a financial way uh, by simply going on to patreon.com and you get extra content. Ooh. So when I interview uh, the great Ooh. and the good uh, that um, act or maybe write the archers, uh, you get that content. And the other hoi polloi that just listen to the podcast don't. So if you want to, mark yourself as be a cut <laughs> above the rest go to patreon.com and give us your dollars and uh you'll you'll get the content now um on social media which i i, I used to say this all the time but social media is what gave birth to dumb job specifically twitter you can find me i am royfield and uh my uh co- podcasting wife lucy and we are at dumb dumb lucy can be found individually at lucy v freeman and I can be found at Royfield. And of course, Robart is at Naked Fingers and our Kerry Warbis, who makes a debut, I think, next week, if she gets a mic in time, uh, is can be found at Kerry Warbis. And of course, there is Facebook. You know, that's the whole section that Millie Bell and Yoko Bear do. So quite simply, if you want to join in with that, you go on to Facebook and type in Dumpty Dum. Now our loose. Um, mm-hmm. Any mirror headlines, which caught your eye in the uh, last seven days or just today even no i've 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 I haven't looked at the mirror today actually right um, well what's on your mind because i feel like you're you're about to ponder and uh and say something funny as always or insightful um, or just profound oh what, Roy, stop stop stop, stop you've just you've just <laughs> no none of it none of it you've just you just big me up so much now i don't say anything no nothing oh. Is that it then? We My done? mind is a blank. Yes. Oh. Yes. Gosh. Right then. Did you see the funny the funny moon last night? The red moon. I didn't though. I got a couple of pictures from WhatsApp and people saying blood moon. Um, and I like was there even one in in 
California, yay, yay. Yay, yay, yay. Anyway, no, but I got a picture. Did you? No. You didn't of see what? it? Of what? So you, you saw it, did you? Yes, did you see it? No, I said I didn't. I, I got well, a did WhatsApp you get a picture, picture from somebody. Oh. So, WhatsApp. I said oh. it like three times. I got a WhatsApp Sorry. picture. Oh. Yes, and there was one in Canada. So I got a beautiful moon picture twice. So it was obviously a phenomena. Phenomenon. Hmm. Was it because the moon was unusually close to the earth or something or another? I don't know. I'm not even sure whether we go round it or it goes round us. I can never remember. Oh, come on now. You seem to be telling me that you think the world is flat or something. You no, no, are no, no, a no. very smart woman. You've done further and higher education. You know that we circle the moon. Ha-ha. Anyway, shall, shall we say goodbye, Lucy? <laughs> I don't no. know whether that's right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but and on that note, William folks. Is still, William, <laughs> William is still laughing at me for that time I said to you, are you in the future? <laughs> because you were ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> various right, people have tried to, to explain it to me since oh dear <laughs> <laughs> toodaloo everybody see you all well i won't see you next week but, but lucy and i think oh kerry will. well you might toodaloo do because you will Bye-bye. forget to send the microphone to kerry but anyway yes. no it's going in the post tomorrow yeah 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 all right bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 